this is what was given. We must possess a love for Him that outweighs our fear of hell. We must possess a love for Him that outweighs our fear of hell. We're going to talk about salvation. There may be some of you in here that think you're saved and that you're going to make it to heaven. There's some in here that think they're saved and, well, not going to make it to heaven. And I remember one time in prayer, I asked God, God, is there even a place for me in heaven? Not that I doubted my salvation, and I'm not trying to get you to do that this morning. I wanted assurance that what I considered and what I believed to be salvation was exactly what I was experiencing or that I possessed. There are so many different opportunities out there for us to get understanding of the word outside of the Holy Spirit that if you aren't careful and don't spend that relationship and have that relationship with the Holy Spirit, you can be misguided and you could find yourself in a place to where you think you are and you aren't. You can find yourself in a place doing what you think is right and it be wrong. You with me? So my intention, and I believe what the Holy Spirit's intention is this morning, is to allow us an opportunity to, number one, understand where salvation comes from. Because we have this idea. Number two is going to be that salvation is not kept by keeping God's commands. We think that because of what we do continues our salvation. Because when we give our hearts to Christ, what do we do? We, we automatically think that we have to go to church. We automatically think that we have to not do this. We, automat- we start looking at the do's and the don'ts. And then number three, we want to talk about that salvation is a gift from God and it must be received in like manner. Too many times we we might look at salvation as a gift, but we think we have to do something in order to receive it. Come on, church. And that's not the case. It's a free gift. It was a gift that it was purchased and bought at an expense that you and I will never be able to repay. But we get the opportunity to enjoy the gift. We don't have to pay for it. It's like Christmas all over again. Every day is Christmas. So if you've got your Bibles, Tommy, let's go to Romans 5, 6 through 8 first.
And you can turn the lights on so people can write. Starting at verse 6 says, For when we were still without strength, when, when we were still in a state that we were unable to overcome, that makes it sound a little more reasonable in our mind because we think when we were out strength, we just wasn't strong. We just can't do. He's talking about you were unable to achieve by yourself. When we were unable to carry on, when we were, when we were without the strength to make things happen, this In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. You. He died for you. While you were without strength. What we're talking about right now is salvation comes through Christ, through God alone. No other way. It is impossible to be saved outside of God himself. I don't care what anybody tells you. I won't fight scripture with them. They can just remind God at that time. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. And it's talking about... For me to die for somebody unrighteous, it's, it's, or even for someone that is righteous, it's, it's very unknown. It's highly unknown. It's, it's something we don't see on a daily that anyone would die for that. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare die. So I had it right the first time. It was unrighteous for the first time. It's righteous for the second time. The ones that we think are good people, you hardly see anybody die for. The ones that aren't good people, well, you probably never will even think about it. But God, God demonstrated his own love towards us and while we were still sinners, he died. He didn't wait for you to bring a, a collective good deed basket into his presence saying, I went to church. I paid my tithes. I, I helped the, the little old lady across the street. I've I done this. I give to the homeless. I give to the poor. I help the widows. He, did, he didn't wait for all of those things to be put into a basket so that you can come to him and hand him the basket and say, now, now, Christ, you can die for me. God decided that while we were sinners, he said that before you're even capable, without strength, even capable of doing anything good, I'm going to die for you because I want you to know the love I have for you. Salvation comes by and through God only. It can't be dependent upon you. If it was dependent upon you, you would go to hell. There is such a thing. We've forgotten that in church. But I don't want you to fear hell more than you love him. It would be like a marriage. I fear singleness more than I love my bride. Boy, what a upside down thing that's going to be. Well, I don't want to be alone. Well, sometimes 
alone might be the best thing for you. If you're getting ready to step over into something that isn't ordained for you. You with me? This is not going to, well, I'm not going to say what it's not going to be. Just hang on. Ephesians 1.7, Tommy. I'm going to give you a bunch of scripture because I want you to understand. You, you've got to understand salvation. If, you, if you're ever going to be introduced to salvation, if you're ever going to be able to walk in salvation, if you're ever going to be able to maintain salvation, you, you need to hear this this morning. The world needs to hear a gospel on salvation, not a gospel of self-helps. You're going to find very quickly that self-helps ain't going to help you. In Him, I love the verbiage. In Him, not in you, not in your pastor, not in your church, not in your Bible reading, not in your tithe. Not in the good deeds, not in the I don't cuss, not in the I don't smoke, not in the clothes I wear. It says in him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. Get over yourself. You, You cannot do this. Are you hearing me? In him, we have forgiveness of sins. It's in him. Not what you've done last week. Not not that you graced us with your presence this morning at church. Don't you know there are some saved people on the beach this morning? Because they, they understand, they reckon. Not, now listen, don't you, don't you try me and take vacations on Sundays all the time. <laughs> Stop being so tied to religion that you think that, boy, if I miss Sunday because I went camping, I'm going to hell. I'm just saying, man, get your priorities right. Just... You don't have to answer to me whether you're here on Sunday or not. You don't, you don't have to do that. You don't have to answer to me whether you tithe or whether you don't. You don't have to do that. As long as you and Daddy have a right relationship through Christ Jesus, I don't have to worry about the rest. That's why I want all of you saved then I don't have to babysit you. I don't have to hold your hand. I don't have to keep up with you. I don't have to watch your Facebooks, your Instagrams, your snapping, chatting. See, I don't, have to, I don't have to deal or contend with, come on. That makes my life so much easier when you give your life over to Christ. But then he wouldn't need preachers. Never mind. <laughs> gotta have it but it's in him that you have redemption it's in him that you have forgiveness of sin do y'all, do y'all see do you see what Paul is saying listen Quit looking here and there. Quit looking for this and for that. It's in Him. Love Him more than you fear hell. It's in Him. It's the benefits of salvation when it's in Him. Now you don't have to worry about hell. According to the riches His grace. How are we saved? By grace. Through faith. His grace. 
Salvation comes no other way except by God. Y'all better hear that. Because we are finding ourselves leaning to the left and leaning to the right. See, if I'd have left or right out, everybody thought this was a political speech. Oh, it's, it's political because there's a kingdom. There's a kingdom that I'm a part of, and it has a king. And the king that I serve, yes. <laughs> in him, in him. This is all God's doings. It's not mine and yours. We'll never be good. We can't lose enough weight. Huh? We can't tell our wives that we love them enough. We can't have babies to get us in the fold. There is nothing you and I can do for salvation without God. You better understand that. Oh, I know what you've been taught, that the dresses had to be down to the ankles and the collars had to choke you out. Sleeves had to be down to the wrist and don't you dare wear an earring if you put makeup on you Jezebel. I, I already know what you've been taught. I already know what you done heard. I heard it. I've been taught it. I get you. But I'm here to tell you this morning there's a lie coming from behind the pulpit that he wants to take it from the grace of God and spin it over to the works of man. Because if he can get it that way, now that comes into self-righteousness. Now you become your God. Come on, some of you do it now. Well, I don't think God meant it like that when he said it. Let me, I'm going to clear something up for you real quick. If God said it, he meant it. There, listen, there's no little fairy tale behind it. If he said it, that's what he meant. That's right. we, we've been tied up into this, this false philosophy. I can't even call it a theology. I've got to call it a philosophy that, well, we're predestined, so God already knew before the foundation of the earth whether you were going to heaven or hell, and he, and he very well may have and probably did. But you know what he done? He created you with free will. Now you get to choose. It's not that he wanted to send you to hell. That, he said that all Amen. might come to know him. That, I died for all of you, whether, whether or not you accept it or receive, that's on you. The predestined and the predestination is for all to come to know the knowledge of the Lord and all to be saved and all to spend eternity with him. That is what he predestined. You choose. You going to heaven, you going to hell. Now, understand this. I'm really trying to make this simple because salvation is extremely simple. I don't want to put a whole lot in here. But you can't come into salvation unless the Holy Spirit draws you. That goes right back to it. It's in His grace. See, He, <laughs> he won't even let you have enough control of you to go into his presence on your own and say a sinner's prayer. The Holy Spirit will draw you through conviction, not condemnation, not man, God, through conviction. And he will draw you into his presence. And he, remember, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's the goodness of God that draws all man. And all we want to do is tell them you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to... You put the fear of hell in someone more than you put the love of God in someone. And now you've got them walking this false or this 
this false belief that they're going to heaven because they came to you and repeated a prayer after me. That's why I don't I won't repeat no prayers. I'm not going to ask you to either. Since when did we outsmart the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit is smart enough to draw you, bet your bottom dollar he's smart enough to give you the words to speak to the Father. And you know what? Some people may not even speak. Just read your Bible. If he already knows, <laughs> if he already knows you'll need before you ask, you're gonna you're gonna okay, challenge me there. I hear you, you religious nasty spirit. Then answer me this. Do you think God's grace is going to let someone that's lying in a coma? So you, what you, okay, so what you're telling me is that if that person in a coma can't receive Christ because they can't repeat a sinner's prayer after you that God has turned... First Timothy, Tommy. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom I'm chief. Paul's writing to Timothy and saying, I'm the chief of sinners. I've outsinned you all. <laughs> I invented sin. I showed you how to sin. That's how much of a sinner I am. I'm the chief of sinners. But yet. He said, for this reason. I obtained mercy. Because I was such a sinner, God gave his mercy to me. He revealed his mercy to me. Why? That in me first, Jesus might show all long-suffering. Listen to that. He showed him mercy. So first... The first reason, the most important part, was to show everyone he's long-suffering. Can I tell you, no matter how many times you sin, you can't out-sin God's grace. Yes, where sin abounds. See, I, why do I have to do this? Why do, why do we always have to do cliff notes? Why do we always have to put the side notes If you stop living religiously and live freely in his love and his grace, I wouldn't have to sit here and go back to another scripture to get you to accept it. See, matter of fact is when you accept Christ and Christ lives in you, you want the truth. Too many Christians want to live by this scripture or that scripture. They don't want to live by all of them. Come on, you pick and choose too. You heard somebody cuss 15 minutes ago. And you said, that person going to hell. You see them tatted up from ankle to brow. They going to hell. 
Say, I'm not, I might not be talking to you directly, but some of it I am. Most of it's going on the air. So hopefully, somebody will hear this that's under the condemnation of a religious spirit that will be set free by the truth of his word and come to the full understanding and the knowledge of who Jesus is. We cannot judge who is going and who is not. That's, see, when you tell me, don't judge me, Pastor, you're coming at me with the wrong stuff because I'm checking your tree. I'm looking under the leaf. I'm checking out the fruits. We don't have the right to judge the sinner. See, boy, if we really pulled this book into the church, if we really pulled this book into the church, the church probably be empty completely. Because this says, if you've done wrong, I come and talk to you. If you don't like that, I'm going to go grab somebody else and bring them, and we go talk to you. And if you don't like that, then we go put you in front of the church. And if you don't like that, we... It's prego. It's in here. We don't, we don't like that. You can't tell it. It's not that I'm telling you what to do. I'm just going to abide by the other scriptures that tells me to come out from among them. So if you want to live as the world in the world, go do it out there. You're not going to do it in here. Let's get back on salvation. If you save, you, I don't have to worry about it. This is why he wants to talk to us. Because many of us walk around with the ideal of salvation. But not the manifestation of salvation. You can't do what you want to do. When you want to do it. How you want to do it. It's not that God's a dictator. And maybe I shouldn't say you can't. You can. But let me put it this way. If you fall in love with Jesus, your desire is to please him. Miss Linda, when Charlie fell in love with you, head over heels, I can just see it now, him falling down the mountain, just head over heels in love with you. He chose to love you. And now he chooses to do everything to show his love for you. And when he don't, you just straighten him back up. See, God does that to us too. The pan says, I can. <laughs> we carry an idea of salvation that, okay, we believe that Christ died. And we believe that he rose again. We believe that he's the son of God. We believe that he was born of the... We believe all of that. But we think that there is a portion of ingredient that we have to add to the mix in order to make the dough rise. Can I tell you that the only thing that you can add to your salvation is a diminishing factor. You don't become no more saved next year because you went to church 342 days last year. Sorry. You're no more saved next week because you tithe 15% of your income. You're saved tomorrow just like you were saved the day the Holy Spirit drawed you. Not when man did it. See, we, look, I can do this so many different ways. 
we could do it right now. Cecilia, you, you get on the piano and Tommy dim the lights and we just, we get, and I just beg you and plead with you and try to get you to come to the altar so that you can give your heart to Christ. And when you come up here, I just say, repeat after me. We pray together. And then I say, welcome to the family of the Lord. There is no bigger lie in the church. Jesus will save you behind a hay bale in 102 degree weather and nobody there but cows. He'll break, <laughs> God will break you down in a tree stand. Um, so much so that he keeps birds away and the squirrels, y'all ever try to keep a squirrel away in, de in deer season? That don't happen. The squirrels go, hey, it's deer season, man. And they all come out and they have, they have these, these acorn parties. Right underneath your tree. Or 12 of them rolling around the other side of the cliff, it sounds like. And up jumps one. I mean, he'd have made so much noise. And God would tell them all, Shh. And rock your world. And your life. It's by God. And God alone. That's why the Bible said that he, he looked. He looked to his right and his left. He looked in front of him, behind, and couldn't find anybody greater than him. And he swore by himself. Because he couldn't find nobody else great. It's by God alone. Get over yourself. You are unholy, unrighteous, right. sinner without God. Amen. Now I got news for you. You're not a sinner saved by grace. I heard it. I'm coming for you. When you're saved, Jesus does not call you a sinner. Show me. You're a saint. You're a child of the king. You were a sinner, but you were saved by grace. Now you're not... Why, why do we do that? Oh, it sounds good. Okay. The song. Just a sinner saved by God. I, I, okay. It's wrong doctrine. I was a sinner. I became saved by grace through faith. Amen. I'm no longer a sinner. Amen. I don't have to turn back here. I don't have to acknowledge myself where I, where I was. That, that part, matter of fact, that part can't even follow me over here. You can't be a sinner and saved at the same time. That's right. You one or the other. It's by God and only. And he showed this long suffering. Well, that's a long scripture, ain't it? <laughs> he, showed, he showed his mercy to allow everyone to see his long suffering so that it can become a pattern for those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. He, Paul said, look, Timothy, check this out. I was the world's worst sinner, and even while I was in the pits of hell, Jesus died for me. So that he can show me his mercy. And so that everything that people saw in me. As I walked my faith out in him. They could see a pattern. God and God alone.
You can't do it. You can't do it. It's going to take you. Comments to go to Galatians. Galatians 5 4. There is nothing you can do tomorrow that will keep your salvation. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. I'll wait on you all day. There's nothing you can do. You need a scripture. I got you one. It's right here. You have become estranged. You, you've been kicked away. Moved aside. Forgotten about it. Booted out. You're on your own. You're on the right. He's on the left. You've been estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law. And I bet you thought, see, how many miserable Christians, I wonder, are sitting in here? I wonder how many others are out there. Miserable Christians. Miserable. Can't do this, or can't do that. I'm a king over here. If I didn't have to tithe, I could buy a truck. You, you better read this scripture. He said, you have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. And we just, we just agreed that scripture said, you're saved by grace through faith. There's no other way. He's not going to allow you to have any opportunity to put your hands in the sourdough mix because people are really wanting some good rolls. And he knows that you put your dirty hands in it. But how many of us do it? Daily. Daily. Well, but it's in Matthew. Can't remember when or where. But Jesus was talking about the two men that would come to the temple and pray. And one would pray, God, I thank you for me not being like him. Huh? And me, me not doing like, and I don't wear like they wear, and I don't say like they say, and I don't, and I don't, and I don't, and the other man is over beating himself in the chest. Beaten. Have mercy on me. And Jesus said, Surely that one is the one that'll make it. Because it goes on to say that those who humble themselves, He'll exalt those who he has to humble. Won't be exalted. Come on. Boy, it's so tight in here. It's like a banjo string. I know when I'm stepping in the face of religion. I know when I've got you twisted up in your socks. We think so many times that we're so high and mighty that we are much more righteous today than we were yesterday. No, you're just maturing. If you're changing, don't tell me you're maturing if you're not changing. If I see you this week and you're acting the same old nasty that you were last week, there ain't no maturity in you. He 
You come to me and tell me how much you love Christ and how, how you're walking in salvation and you hate the brother. You know what the Bible calls you? <laughs> it said if you hate, if you tell me that you love me and you hate you, the Bible says you're a liar. Don't get mad at the preacher. I'm just preaching. The Bible says you're a liar. Matter of fact, there was another scripture. He went on a little bit further. He said, this is, this is how they will identify you and know who you are. Right. It's by how you love one another. Mm -hmm. But you'll... I'll fly away, oh glory. I'll fly away in the morning when I die. Hey, Galatians 2. Let's go there for a second. Y'all okay? I want you to understand something. You can't be saved on your own. And the only way you're going to be saved is by understanding some of this. I'm not telling you I know it all. I'm not. I'm not even coming close to Matter of fact, I'm coming to you and I'm telling you that I fail probably 10 times more than you fail every day of my life. But I have yet once tried to put my self-righteousness and replace Christ. I know without him, I'm nothing. But I also know with him, I'm everything. You can have your little pity party. Oh, I'm nothing. Just do it. That's fine. It says, greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. So I'll follow him and have him in me. That way if I abide in him and he abides in me, we're good. And I went up by revelation. And communicated to them that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run and had run in vain. Did I give you the right one? 21, Tommy. I mean, it's a good scripture. And I'll preach it. But I want to go to verse 21 in chapter 2. Just keep that in your archive. Maybe we'll preach on that one a few Sundays. Here it goes. I did not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died. Are you bold enough to look God in the face and tell him his son didn't need to die in order for you to be saved? Are you that bold? You scare me. That's what you're doing. This is another abuse of grace. Dangerous abuse. Who are we to think that I can put God aside and any grace that he has for me and I appropriate the laws in my life and I work them accordingly and I'm saved? Who are we? We've allowed, we've allowed a false doctrine to flow into a church and preach salvation
allowing you to think that your works along with his death get you saved. He said, I can't let your works be involved. I can't let you boast that it was you that got here on your own merit. See, guys, I can't, I can't allow myself to be put in the situation that I have to stand before God and give an account that I did not tell you that salvation is by God and God alone. To tell you that as long as you tithe, you're part of the family of God. That's a lie. As long as you go to church, you're a family of God. That's a lie. Repeat after me. That's a lie. That is a lie. Since when did you become God? I just want you to understand all you need to do is acknowledge him as Lord. can't make him Lord. See, we've, we've heard that churchies. Make him Lord of your life. No, we can't. And I may have said it. That's why I'm standing publicly now talking about it. You can't make God nothing. You have to accept him for who he is. Because if you begin to make God Lord, now you've become What? He was Lord before you. He was Lord before you even knew you. You've got to accept him as Lord. Now this is where the fun part comes in. Because now you know it's by him and him alone. And I just set some of you free that you don't have to do anything to be saved. Some people a little tight. You're a little tight. But if salvation is dependent upon you to do something, that means it's not of God alone. Which means now you're in the picture. Which means now you've tossed aside the grace of God. Now you're telling God that his son died in vain. What only the Holy Spirit can work on you like this. I'm going, God... Am I really saved? Because I done. I remember. The day I give my heart to Christ, though, for real, for real. Y'all with me? For real, for real. Not because I walked an aisle, not because somebody told me, not because somebody prayed with me, not because I repeated a prayer for somebody, not because they turned the lights down, played the music slow and slow and low. It, the day I give my heart to Christ, for real, for real, man wasn't involved. I went to a little corner by myself. I was hoping nobody come over there. Because I knew there was some. I knew there was some garbage in me. That only God himself could cleanse. 
I didn't need you to tell me how bad of a person I was. I didn't need you to lead me in no religious prayer. I didn't need none of that. I needed the Holy Spirit because I knew he was the only one that could lead me. And when he wooed me that morning, I'll never forget it. Yes, I was in church. I'm not saying it's where you got to be. It just so happened it's where I was. I'm telling you this morning that if the Holy Spirit ever reached in and snatched your heart, I promise you, you'll never forget it and your attitude will change. Not just here or there or this scripture or that scripture. Who told you that the Holy Spirit would come in and take over your mind but wouldn't take over your heart? Who lied to you? Who said that the Holy Spirit would come down and work through your hands but not through your wallet? Who lied? See, y'all don't like it when the preacher preaches. Because the Holy Spirit wants to consume your life. He wants to arrest you, mind, body, and spirit. He wants to arrest everything that you think, everything that you see, everything you do and you hear and you speak. The Holy Spirit wants to consume your life. Man, I used to get all twisted up, man, if I'd done something that other Christians weren't doing out of condemnation. Now, I just look at you and go, I'm sorry you feel that way. Oh, check this out. I may even be wrong. But God's grace is sufficient. And I don't need you coming, I don't need you in behind my head, pecking me in the I don't need you doing it in the back of my head. <sighs> Boy, if we would do that to ourselves. We all would live a different life. Every one of us. But this is about God. Uh, not you. Not someone else around you. It's going to take him, not me. All I'm charged with to do is preach the gospel, the good news, under which is the power under salvation. Boy, isn't he sneaky? He's sneaky, sneaky. He's a sneaky, sneaky God. Holy Spirit wants you to come to Christ. Because that is His will. And He knows that's the will of the Father. We're closing. Don't get excited. Ephesians 2. 4 through 9. I hope you didn't put 49. Let me check you with my notes to make sure I'm right. Everybody that brought your gift baskets in this morning to offer to Christ so that he would die for you and save you, here's some good verses for you. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. Yeah, let's read it like this. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved me, Even when I was dead in trespasses, made me alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. I have been saved. 
and raised me up together, or us, if you feel like I'm leaving you out, and made me sit, or us, together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards me in Christ Jesus. For by grace, Tommy, we're going to keep on with that. Did I take you all the way through nine? I did. I love him. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It, salvation, it is the gift of God. Ask yourself how you would feel. If you really put the time and effort, not that you wouldn't, but if you really put the time and the effort into, I mean, you studied long, you listened to every word that she said all year, you, you put all the effort to it and got her the right gift that you thought was the right gift. You've done all of it. I mean... Sleep, you, you had one of them charts. She said, you wrote on that thing for a year. And you, out of everything that she had said and done, you went, that's it. That's it. You loved her so much that you've done that. And you got the gift that you knew was the best gift you could ever give. And she opened it, slid it back across the table, and walked out the house. See, when you begin to apply yourself to salvation in the mix of His grace, that's what you're doing to God. You said, oh God, I know, I know that you knew that we needed. And God, you put, you put a lot of time and effort. I mean, you sacrificed your only son for me. And God, that must have been hard. But you know, God, if I, just, if I just do that, that just can't be enough. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to church. I'm a, God, I'm going I'm, I'm to I'm dress a certain way. Oh, God, I'm not going to smoke them old nasty cigarettes because they're going to send me to hell, so I'm not going to smoke them and that, you know, that along with your son, that, that, that'll do it. God, I, I won't, I, I, you, you know what I won't do? I, I, I won't drink anything else either because that, that along with your son, I mean, that, that's got to top it off right there, God. Well, I should have got you to get about 50 of them and we could just give them to people and say, here, here's the present from God. Do with it what you want. And go and check their house a year later. That's why some of y'all won't even invite us. I'm joking. I am joking. I don't have time anyway. I'm eating ice cream. But isn't that what we do? When we offer what we have to, to match up, to compare with, or to add to the gift of God. Isn't that what we're doing? Aren't we just pushing his gift aside? 
and saying, God, I, I know you meant good. But God, if, if I wear shorts to church, I ain't going to be saved. If I smoke a cigarette on the way to church, God, I know I'm, I'm going to go to hell, so I can't. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not condoning any of these things, okay? The, some of these things are bad for you, especially if you allow them to overtake you, okay? Nothing can be Lord in your life other than the Lord. That was deep, wasn't it? That was, that was worth your admission this morning. That one was so deep. That's, that's where, we, where we fail in our salvation. We think that we have to add to it. It makes us better. It doesn't make you better. Why do you have to think that? Why do you have to feel good about what you do when it comes to salvation? Because everything that you do, you're not going to add up to it anyway. If all you done was come to church 365 days a year, you didn't come to church enough. Y'all don't like me. You're mad at me. I'm trying to leave town. You're mad at me. Now, I'm not going to be able to enjoy myself because I know that you're mad at me. Man, God's grace for you. And without it, you're nothing. Please hear me this morning. Nothing outweighs the grace of God over your life. Nothing. So before you come to church Wednesday or next Sunday, whatever day you decide to put God in your life, that's, see, that's condemning. That's not conviction. That's condemnation. When you decide to come to church, just leave your basket at home because what you're bringing God out of your good deeds didn't make you any holier than the first, the first person that walked in or the last person that walked in those doors. That's one thing I love about God. Because it don't matter. It don't matter how long you've served him and how long I've served him. Guess what? When it happens, we both will be standing in the same place at the same time. Boy, won't that be a day. Huh? Be a great day. And I don't have to worry about, well, she went to church 300 days and you went to church 240 days. So what, she gets that mansion over there and you get... Boy, y'all better read y'all's Bible. Y'all done got so strung up on your mansions in heaven that you, you, you're going to be disappointed. Only by God. There's nothing you can do to keep it. And you've got to be able to receive and know that it's a gift from God. Amen. Salvation is that simple. Don't you dare let man taint salvation. Holy Spirit works on your heart. Go talk to Daddy. Quit beating yourself up. You don't have to do the sackcloth and the ashes and the salt and everything on your forehead and beat your back and all. Go talk to Daddy. And now, Dennis. Now he might say, "Boy, if you listen, you won't have to do this." He, he might just say that. But there's sometimes he might say, what are you talking about? 
Come on, I've got something to show you. He knows you better than you. I'm sure that there's times that he don't even entertain the things that you bring to him because he knows that you're one of those people that will attach yourself to the entertainment that you're bringing and you're going to live there in that little pit and he don't want you there because he's got somebody across the street that needs to know Jesus like in the next two minutes because they're walking and they're contemplating suicide. They're getting ready to step out in the middle of 460 and if you're sitting over here having your little pity party saying, oh God, why me? I'm so sorry. I'm he might just say, what are you talking about? Come on, I got something to show you and take you across the street. Lo and behold, somebody sees the evidence of salvation in you by the grace of God. You've got to trust Him in everything. Y'all not mad at me this morning, are you? I'll give you a secret. It don't really matter. Salvation is extremely important. It's extremely. you to know what salvation is. Stop working at being saved. Stop. The Bible says to work out your salvation. It doesn't say work your salvation. It says work out your salvation. That means that what you do is a physical evidence of what you receive inwardly. You, you, work, that, you work that salvation. See, I'll say this and I'll let you go. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. He didn't say, you'll obey me and I'll love you. What you do is out of the love for him. Not so that he'll love you. It's to say he can't love you any more tomorrow than he did before the foundations of the world. Right. Don't you know that Christ died before there was man? Foundations of the world, the lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. Some of you ain't going to be able to take it, but it's going to be okay. He died for you before you knew anything about anything. That's all you need to know. Before you knew how wretched you were without him, he died for you. 